0: Welcome to another episode of The Good Listening To Show. Your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors a clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare, and a cake. So it's all to play for. So, yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, Your Life and Times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. And there we are, a count of four to welcome us in. And this is a very happy and auspicious day in the Good Listening To Show Clearing. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome the powerhouse and tour de force of awesomeness that is Josette Bushel-Mingo, who is the principal of the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, or back in the day, I went there too. We called it the Royal Central School of Screech and Trauma, and it didn't have a royal attached to it then. So now it's got even more swanky. But, Josette Bushelmingo, welcome to the Good Listening To Show.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: And just to blow a bit of happy smoke at you, if I may, you are the first woman of African descent and the first woman since 1942 to take up the tenure of being the principal. There is some contention as to whether you're the third or the second, but I think you're the third, but you may tell me differently. Uh, but you're the. Th- <laughs> so, what's the magic number, please? Is it number two or number three? It's number two. So, it's cashier number two, please. That's lovely. So, you've been in position since 2021 and a very um, extraordinarily politically sensitive time in the industry and in the business of show business to take up that tenure and also there's a lovely lovely uh, sort of a metaphor that's going to keep on giving you were given a Laurence Olivier award back in 1999 for your wonderful personification of Rafiki in The Lion King and the metaphor I immediately stumbled upon is that Rafiki is the counsel, the one who gives wise counsel and wisdom to try and set things right so I know that you have been brought in at a time of sensitivity to do with institutional racism, all that sort of stuff. And so this is a very powerful time. And it's my great pleasure, by the way, to welcome you, because this is a, an idea whereby I'm going to use the vehicle of the podcast, because I trained where you're now principal, um, to use the vehicle of the podcast to amplify both the reputation of the school and also um, help uh, you in any way that I can. So with that context in mind, Thrice welcome, here you are. Thank you. Lovely. So um, how's morale? What's your story of the day as you t- sit here in December 2022 and you've just had a graduation ceremony too at Central?
1: Yeah, i um, feeling okay. I have a bit of a cold at the moment, which I think is most appropriate at the end of large events, the body tends to collapse afterwards. Um, my story, I guess, really is one that uh, one should never give up, um, that there is huge hope and potential. I believe that Central is known beyond issues of racism. Uh, There are many other challenges ahead for us uh, and we're not alone in looking at who we are and who we're going to be. So I guess where I am today is hopeful but not complacent by any means.
0: And they've got. there are some very iconic steps. When I met you a few weeks ago, by the way, just to blow an extra bit of happy smoke, I was really struck with how immediately warm, generous, welcoming, and if I may, powerful you were, I think, to have an ambassador such as yourself in place now. Everybody likes to sit aboard the steps of the iconic steps of Central. Mm-hmm. But what you very quickly explained is that, and we know this, they're not the most, um, So shall we say, diverse steps to be sat upon.
1: Well, no, I think the steps were there at a time when they wanted to recognize the people that have been one of the foundations of the institution. And some years later, we recognized that those names upon which there are thousands of alumni, there are hundreds of thousands of graduates. There are many more names that could be on those stairs. So for me, those stairs need to be welcoming. Those stairs need to be accessible. So one of those, those stairs should reflect that. So, um, yeah, to say that they're, how can we say, controversial and exciting and um allow us to reflect is a good way of looking at them.
0: And your particular cut and thrust as well has been in deaf theatre and in initiatives like PUSH, which was the Young Vic. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've been in Sweden for the last 20 years, but we're delighted to have you back in London now I'm gathering.
1: Yeah, it's very nice. It's the secret part of my contract. I came to Central because I believe it's one of the most exciting places to defend the arts from. But part of that is also coming home. Uh, That means coming back to family. That means coming back to my mum, who's no longer with me, but is buried in the east end of London, which is where I was born. So I get a chance to have counsel. I've been welcomed back into the community, both for my black global majority community that I have missed but also the wider arts ecology. It's been it's been quite something, actually. I've had several conversations where it feels like we stopped talking yesterday, and it's actually been about 20 years. To be honest, I have been in the United Kingdom. I, I have. Um, I've been back as an actress and as a director. But coming back in this capacity is a, is a whole other thing, um, not taken lightly, but really exciting. So, yeah, it's a nice return home.
0: Wonderful. And by the way, I hope looking at you as I am again today, mm-hmm. I know your one of your really seminal productions is a story about me and Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I, I well, I, I expect you may well be talking about her in some of what we're about to unpack.
1: Yeah, we might have a little look at that as well. And you also mentioned, of course, that um, I just wanted to say a huge welcome to Sherry, our interpreter here today, because I would consider my second language to be Swedish Sign Language. I was the artistic director of the National Deaf theatre of sweden uh for almost uh, over 10 years so uh the sign language is a huge part of my life so i'm delighted to see it presented here and also the community that it brings uh to this podcast so
0: And that's a beautiful segue into warmly welcoming. And thank you so much for doing that. Gisette is now welcoming Sherry Eugene Hart, who, by the way, Sherry was slightly embarrassed about this, but my good friend, Sally Cookson, a theatre director, did actually give you the accolade of being the very best in the business. And so take the feedback. I think that's lovely to have you here. And it's a, a great joy to have you here forging new ground for me too. This is the first podcast episode of the 130 odd I've done, where it was your idea, Josette, to get this on the open road of signing it as well to make it even more accessible. So let's get you on the open road. It's gonna be my great pleasure to take you through the clearing, which first of all is gonna position where you go to get clutter-free, inspirational and able to think. And then it's, for those familiar with the programme, there's gonna be a clearing, a tree, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare, a couple of random squirrels and a cake. So it's all to play for. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. So, uh, Gazette, um, yes. Where is, what is a clearing like for you? Where do you go to get clutter-free, inspirational and able to think?
1: Uh, at the
0: moment, it's in my apartment,
1: actually. My days are so full. Um, I think... Um, I think my apartment has been a place where I can be clutter-free in my mind. Um, walks, Long walks in Sweden, which is my second home, uh, particularly in the south of Sweden. That's, those are places that are, that I find. Central, there are several areas in Central, I must say, where I believe it or not, it is clutter-free. I mean, although we've got thousands of students moving through and how many, how many teachers you can think about, um, there are often times when I can be quite still. It's like some of those fast motion captures when you get the one person very still and you've got everybody moving at the speed of light around you but i feel very centered in that um, that's a place for me um, that's where i get inspiration from um, my my books are also an important part of finding space um, yeah that's where i find
0: it so it's a lovely scape of being able to be still within a lot of hecticness as in places yeah. you're pulled. And by the way, opposite Central, the Royal Central School, is now the Hampstead Theatre, new swanky foyer. It had been a while since I'd been back, but I was very struck. I found a bit of sanctuary in sitting opposite that when I was thinking about coming up the steps to meet you,
1: actually. Yeah, there are places, particularly where Central is based, North London, around that Swiss cottage, and there's some wonderful nooks and crannies, apart from the local community that associate themselves with Central. There are one or two surprising streets, parks. The park behind Hampstead, for example, is wonderful. And if you go beyond that, there's the Sports Centre, then there's the winch. some wonderful. wonderful kind of little nooks and crannies so yes uh, when the days get really big I go for walks Uh, I often get lost because I'm I'm a South London girl but um, uh, for the most part yeah there are definitely places of stillness.
0: I love that if in doubt walk it out so if you're feeling a bit cluttered go for a walk and it seems like your clearing is something I've got to chase you to find you because you could be in a myriad of different clearings where you found stillness within the mayhem.
1: Mm, absolutely I think so I think that's very much my mind I've got to yeah I I find it I find that I am still
0: others may find it difficult to keep up with me but I I I kind of know where I am and in straddling the Swedish and the British do you still have a bolt hole or a house or a home in Sweden as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely Um, I'm British Swedish citizen Uh, born in the United Kingdom and yes I do I have uh, an apartment with that uh, my family is there so yeah I've got a little boat hole absolutely the distance between Stockholm and Newcastle
0: I mean it's it's the same hour's distance
1: of landing and uh, arriving so I'm very lucky very lucky.
0: So I'm about to arrive with a tree now in one of your myriad of clearings so in order to make you fix the geography. Where would you like me to turn up specifically with my tree? It's a bit waiting for Godot-esque because I'm going to get your storytelling apples to fall out in a moment.
1: Yeah, in the foyer of
0: the Central, Rose. Yeah, foyer how, of Central. How beautifully appropriate. So uh, here I am now arriving, bundling through the door. And by the way, one thing we'll never forget is one's first day at Central. And I know exactly the foyer you're talking about now in mm. my mindscape as I bring in the tree. Mm. So... I'm now going to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. And your second bit of preparation, Gisette, thank you so much, was to have given your ideas to how you'd interpret four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention, and that's borrowed from the film Up, where the two random squirrels come in. Oh, squirrels, you know what never fails to distract you. And then a quirky or unusual fact about you, Gisette Bushelmingo, principal of the Royal Central School that we couldn't possibly know until you tell us so shake your remind canopy remind me of the first four then <laughs> i will i'm just laying out the stool four okay. things please that have shaped you
1: um i think one is my upbringing in the east end of london two is my life as a young athlete three being an aquarian. four probably the civil rights movement in the united states four
0: things that have shaped me and which ones of those would you like to tell me a bit more about? Let me ask you about the young athlete stuff. What was the sport of choice that you were doing?
1: Um, well, I actually moved. I started as a runner, 100 metres, and then I joined the relay. Right. So um, I trained in, um, in Plasto um, near uh, a sports centre that was there. I was part of a young elite athlete troop. Um, and I think that shaped me because of its discipline it shaped me because of its teamwork i started in 100 meters then i went on to shot then i went on to 100 meters relay then i went moved into uh shot put and discus which was slightly unusual to go from track to field events in that way um and what i found very early on was no matter where i was from in terms of my class in terms of my ethnicity uh I was able to participate as another member of this team to try to do the best that we can. I learned about stamina. I learned about failure very early on. I learned that actually the most important thing was your focus at that time. Um, I think also, as well, was my coach's faith that I could actually achieve anything. And that has something that resonated with me long. In fact, when I got this post, Uh, They reached out to me after all these years to say, hello, Chizé, I don't know if you remember me, I'm your coach from, and I said, hello. Um, That I think has been very, very strong for me. That's given me that discipline and that stamina, I guess. I think when it comes to things like the civil rights, um, it was really a consciousness of what was happening to persons of African descent. Um, And it was the beginning of a, a big journey for myself in terms of coming into my identity as a black person coming into my identity as an African descent, and they are two different things for me. Um, and also that I, willingly or not, could be along the way in my art an advocate for the rights of African descent persons to be able to tell their stories, to be able to tell them in their own way. And then, of course, that's branched out into much bigger global and local private journeys of inclusion, diversity, equity, uh, and also standing up um, for what I believe is a human right. So th- that's mm. how the civil rights, and then also legacy, the civil rights also gave me legacy, returning me back to the United Kingdom, taking me as far to my own heritage, which also includes China and Spain, I think, oh. really taking a look at who I was um, and, and what my place in, in the world um, uh, might be and, and what I could do in the positions that I, I was in. I think that's part of it. Um, that has given me um, an ability or a courage maybe to speak about issues because I place myself in a lineage. I don't place myself in isolation. Yes, I get afraid. Yes, I get tired. I don't become hopeless because I don't talk about hope, but certainly the journey through black civil rights bringing me back to the United Kingdom and our own civil rights has given me an articulation, uh, a kind of courage uh, beyond um, what I would normally have expected. So that has shaped me very much. who has given up what in order for me to be here with you? So -hmm. this is one. Um, I think when it comes to the area of my class, realizing how invisible it is, how much of an impact it still has, um, the the question of uh, privilege, uh, that's supposed to come with. I have privilege. Uh, And I think I have to start to reverse that That somehow somebody else has, other people get other things because of who they are, but I am privileged. And depending how stoical you want to be, whether you talk about, I exist, I have life, I have rights, I have a position that can make difference. That for me is a privilege um, in terms of the systemic history of racism or a sexism, et cetera, et cetera. Then that's another thing that one has to focus and structure. But in that sense, uh, my class realizing um, how, it was interesting actually, I've just written my most recent stage article and it ends with a meeting that I had at graduation uh meeting a father there who came up to me and thanked me for the graduation itself and um days he said straight away you know we're the first in the university and i said i'm the first in the university i've never been to university and i'm really the first in because i've got a slightly different position here but i said you and i together i've got a series of qualifications he says yeah me too and there was just a five minute exchange at the graduation day Um, And he says, I come from working class. And that was exactly the words. I don't come from anything. And I said, that's not true. That's not true. Your child stood on that stage and came from something. And they came from you. It's your moment as well. Class is a very important thing. And I forget just how weighted that is and how invisible and how it impacts everything across the intersection. So class has also formed me, really. I am from the east end of London. I was born in Plasto. Mm. That's it. There's nothing else. Um, And then I had another one, I think, uh, that I spoke about. If I may
0: just say there's such a beautiful sort of centrifugal emanation of everything you are and have become through legacy, lineage, and you're emanating out. And it's just a very galvanizing force. I'm I'm definitely hearing that.
1: Yeah, well, that's very, really kind of you. I I don't hear it or see it, but um, I know that, um,
0: yeah, in the time
1: that I have, It's a very special place to be. So speak, always speak like Maya. That's what my mum said. Speak like Maya Angelou. Never let me listen to you and think, girl, I didn't bring you up like that. Doesn't mean you can't be angry. Doesn't mean you can't be full of rage, but make sure you are articulate about it at all times. People will be looking to you. People will be looking to you. So make sure that you use it. So I like to sound elegant and good when I speak. So anyway, thank you for that. Um, I can't remember what else I said then.
0: Um... No, that was just the most wonderful exposition (laughs) of the core of you. So thank you so much for going on the open road of that. That was just a pleasure and a delight to listen to. We are still in the canopy of your trees and you're giving me alchemy gold by the bucket load. Um, We're still in the shaping, if you want to, uh, the the, the equal rights and Nina Simone. Will you talk about that later anyway?
1: Well, if you bring it up, I'll talk about it. I will forget about Nina. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, Nina, uh, yeah, maybe that's something we talk about because that's a very specific journey, sure. I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what else did you ask me? Four things that shaped me. So but, yeah, anything? and
0: you've done that. Then that's three things. And, and if there's any overlap, really don't worry because you're giving – you're doing exactly what I hoped you'd be doing. <laughs> so three things that inspire you now.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, um, three things that inspire me – I always tend to speak in very general terms because it kind of happens every day. But I, uh, courage inspires me, uh, which sounds like a really kind of loose nebulous thing, but it's not. Uh, I see it every day, whether it's someone making their way up those stairs or exiting the other building and knowing that they've had a day to get there. Courage, uh, everyday courage, everyday kindness inspires me. You know, it can bring me to tears, you know, because somebody runs across the road, and picks up a football for a little kid, you know, and the family, you know, um, drive, something that's been moving, and it's really silly, but drivers making this hand signal when they let each other go by. I always get welled up by it. I don't know why. Now, they could be cussing and driving like that, and they're trying to navigate, and there's just this little, and that always, I don't know what it is. It's just some sort of quiet recognition of thank you, and um, I think that everyday courage, uh, it, it moves me really. Um, that's an inspiration. Um, my sons are an inspiration to me, that <laughs> they've grown up into be really very cool persons in spite of me um, and that they have managed to um, navigate um, from a very early age. It was clear that mum's trajectory was always going to take her outwards outwards Um, and I was I was very lucky because bringing my kids up in Sweden very generous uh, uh, parental care time a year which you know we can really go into another podcast about support for parents but um, at a very early age with my sons I admire them because they've had a mother who has been moving further and further away as the um, as the goal to try and make this place better for all of them takes me further and further, either politically more dangerous, um, either um, artistically um, groundbreaking. I'm not saying I'm groundbreaking, but breaking new ground, uh, whether it's placing myself in position and defense of those that I believe need to be defended. And I think uh, it was combinated by, um, it was a couple of years ago, actually it was just a small thing. And my oldest son, We were sitting and, I mean, mum's going off to some conference or, you know, standing up in the newspapers and whatever in in Stockholm. He says, yeah, mum, but you're off going to change the world, right? And, you know, it just goes straight through the apple like that. I was just, and um, they got it. They got it. They knew why mum wasn't there. I sometimes say to the staff, I've given up that to be here in the country that I love for the sons that I love, and they have managed to navigate their shit. Excuse me, I don't know if I can swear, but (laughs) managed to navigate it. My youngest son, when he was much younger, um, was also caught talking with his friends online and I could hear him saying, you can't say that because my mum's from Africa. And they were talking, talking, talking. I remember bringing my husband, my partner said, listen, and we didn't know whether to go in to the room or not. And we heard our son, our youngest son, navigate his friends online making clear that his mum was of African descent and he didn't want that conversation to happen. And I remember standing at the door just wanting to go in and just, you know, take those earphones and speak to everyone and So don't you? And he, he did it. He did it. I admire my sons because they found their way in circumstances I will never quite understand. Unfortunately, we've also been the target of racism because of my advocacy work in uh, Sweden uh, and here in the United Kingdom, um, because I lift my voice uh, and they have been very, very cool. I admire my sons and who they're going to be. Um, Yeah.
0: And the word navigate is so profound and beautiful in that. Even just this morning, I heard that adage of when all the ships are in the harbour, everyone is a good sailor. And it's only when you set out into the choppy seas of your life that you're truly tested. And exactly. I, I I don't doubt how connected you are to your sons because, you know, the apple trees, the pips within and you're you're saving the world. They've shot through the apple. But they, <laughs> they love you for that.
1: Yeah, they've, they've got it somewhere. They've got it. They've understood it. Um, and that makes my journey, wherever that might take me so much easier. And now they're at an age where they can articulate, I admire them for that. I admire them and understanding and finding their way through it. Yeah.
0: And in terms of their emotional intelligence, do you mind me asking how old they are as of now?
1: Oh, 21 and 19. 21 and 19. So those conversations were some years ago, but it's very easy when young people in our lives, regardless of what our position might be to them, have to accept certain things. And there's so much going on for them. Um, so to hear it in different versions, um, really understood, uh, and now to be able to discuss with them at a deeper level, um, and them understanding the impact and to watch it, both of them are going into the arts, which I would never have believed, but happened <laughs> to. everybody goes, yeah, yeah, just, and I'm like, they hated it when they went, I'd take them to the theater and strangers would come up and go, "Oh, hello. And they'd just be like, Blair. Uh, and now full circle. So uh, who knows, they might also be able to take part in this extraordinary, extraordinary world that we call yes. the arts. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, my sons, I, I admire. Great.
0: And again, coming full circle, the fact that I heard when we just before we started recording, you're off to see a, a current production of the national tour of The Lion King. So <laughs> Even that's pulling you back to that space. Yeah. And, and I'm I just mean, really struck with the Rafiki analogy. It's just really lovely. The wisdom and the courage to call it out and even your son calling it out. It's playing it forward, playing it backward.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, The Lion King is a rather peculiar adventure, really. It's never <laughs> yes. left me. I think that's the only song burnt into my vocal cords. You play the backing track and I'll be able to sing it straight out. They could have paid me to stay and do that. But I there came a time when I had to leave. And when you're tired yeah, and you start to yawn, for want of a better word, then to probably one of the greatest soundtracks of all time It's time yeah. to hand it over but yep. um we've had a lot of graduates from the royal central school of speech and drama audition and get into both the touring production as well as the london-based production and um the head of alumni here at um Central said, listen, said somebody else has just got in on the tour. Do you think it's, you'd like to meet them? And I was like, book me the train. So I will be going up to Manchester uh, to meet uh, a lot of the cast there that are Central alumni. Um, and then we're going to see if we can you know, expand it out a little bit. I think it's quite wonderful. It was a, a life-changing experience for me. It was the musical, the one musical that you do. And when anyone says you want to do another musical, you go, no, it's okay. I've done that. Yeah. Yes. What yeah. what 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 did you do? I did the Lion King. Ah, what part did you play? Rafiki. Oh, what song did you sing? The opening? Ah, I get it. Okay. That's one. Um, and that brought so much. They also taught me while I was there actually that even in the midst of it, they were also very civic based. So one of the things that I found deeply moving was apart from you know the extraordinariness of its concept when I did it, but also they would open it up to schools. And colleges, um, young children, uh, loads of groups would come behind stage in the production. and in the matinees, they'd have tours, they'd look at the flying mountains, meet the gazelles and all sorts. And that was an eye-opener for me. Uh, mm. that the, the machine of Disney, somewhere in there were people that realized that this piece of work is having an impact uh, in the most. and that was that was a, a very strong um, a resonance for me.
0: And the resonance of the arts offer everyone obviously informs your work at all points emanating from that point, I would.
1: Yeah, heard. absolutely. I When I was even more naive than I am now, I think I'm getting more naive as I get older than the other way. But I think one of the things that always struck me is why the arts aren't seen, aren't spoken about at the UN. When we talk about uh, countries at war, in conflict, when we talk about the loss of um, of um, identities and communities. One of the first things we know through history is they go for the artists. It's the buildings, it's the books, it's the literature. Uh, We know in the the current uh, situation in Ukraine, although we are acknowledging in this space that there have been several wars going on for some time, it's the arts institutions that go. It's the knowledge keepers. These kinds of things, I think, and I used to wonder, one day it should be at the UN. There should be a call, a fight, a stand by all countries that the artists, that the theatre, that these are things of value under UNESCO. I mean, I've always wondered that. It should be a UN, it's not just about language, it's not just about uh, the food, it's not. It's also about who you are, and that's held in stories, that's held in people, it's held in communities, across the breadth of the arts. So I I wonder about that, but the arts for all, I believe it is probably one of the most fundamental human rights, to express yourself. Now, of course, there are borders to that. I don't like how this person expresses themselves. That's part of the territory, but the idea that in principle, everyone should have the right to speak, to sign, to move, to be still, whatever that is, and that that is being systematically taken away because we continue, not us in this space, to undervalue the arts. It really pisses me off. I've come back after 20 years and the discourse against the arts as financially, economically, socially, politically, spiritually of value is shocking. And I see a community that have done an extraordinary job, really pushed their nose to the wall, but the pushback is massive in terms of where we are at this point. I know, Chris, you're absolutely up to, to speed in terms of you know, higher education, the... The Arts Council, all of these things. And the only people that it's affecting are the everyday citizen that won't get the museum, that won't get the youth club, that won't get the drama. Mm -hmm. I mean, won't be able to access the podcast. I mean, these are the things that really allow me or charge me. They feel me. Um, It makes me push harder. Um, And places like Central even though we have challenges like every other institution, it also shores up why we exist. The idea is to defend the arts from central, not defending central. It's two different things. Mm. I think these are, and once we start to do that, then we can become a, a better place. But I also think as well, we might be able to gather some energy to push back because I I think we will need it.
0: And by the way, I was so struck with your Construct of inverting naivety, as in the further we go, the more naive we go, which reminds me of that lovely construct of Shoshin, which is the beginner's mindset. Is that something you're familiar with?
1: No, I'm not, but I I, I relate it on the very basic principle. I think um, walking simply, moving simply and clearly into the next question is probably the best place to be. Why are you doing that? For whom? What is the impact? how do you feel? I'm sorry. Thank you. That was amazing. Sometimes those simple things resonate far, far more than any of the policies. It's something that I say at central, actually. We're affectionately known as central. I can make a hundred policies, but there is no policy for goodness or kindness or respect or love. I can't put a policy for that. All I can do is put in consequences. And I'm really not interested in that. And that's the last part is there for my colleagues. There's nothing I can do. If it's with me, great. If it's not with me and it's somebody else, but it will still be the same work. How do we do that? How do we really meet that? Especially when we're doing the arts. Mm. When, you know, it's around, it's the circle. I'm thinking of all the images. You've used a very, very artistic um, process to be able to open it up for listeners, imagine it. but we're working with this all the time and yet we can't treat each other with the same. It doesn't mean we should abuse it. It doesn't mean we should disrespect him. I'm aware of all the current policies and union situations. I know all of that, but at the core fundamental, we sit, we we are with students and we ask them to do this. They trust us to do this, but we can't trust each other sometimes to do it. I find this really quite um, strange. So the simpler I am with it, by asking the questions, the more progress I make, I find.
0: And now I think we're onto two things that never fail to grab your attention. These are the squirrels of distraction. So whatever else is going on in your uh, wonderful mindscape, what never fails to make you go doh and uh, get distracted? Sparkly things, anything that
1: shines, uh, (laughs) anything, diamonds, glasses, glitter, beads, anything. That absolutely distracts me. Uh, beyond measure, I I will walk off paths, I will cross roads, I will, yeah, I will travel sparkly things. Um, and that's also about other people's ideas and imagination. That strikes me. That distracts me. Something else that distracts me. Um, i was going to say small animals. <laughs> and I don't like to say that on online because there are people, of course, that aren't so happy with small animals and descriptions of small animals. But they distract me greatly. Um,
0: And is this where we talk about Doris the pet rat?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't actually. Um, But yes, I do have a a pet rat. Um, And I got Doris because Doris was going to be put down at the pet centre. And I said, I'll take Doris. Um, And they remind me of the little things in the world.
0: And if I may, that was Doris's day. See what I did there? Because you rescued her.
1: Okay, right. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that shiny things and small. Furry. Is there anything else you want to say about small furry animals apart from Doris? Um,
1: no, um, but don't don't disregard small animals. They're not well, as are Small hard and as furry is big.
0: good. I, I, I'm completely there. I've got that.
1: Yeah, don't. Yeah, they're 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 worth our time and care. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. So now um, a quirky or unusual fact about you. This is the last apple to shake out the tree. A quirky or unusual fact about you, <coughs> You've got <the> mingo. <laughs> excuse me you've got a cold i know that but thank you for being here a small quirky fact i shave my own hair and you you do it very well because you said- <laughs> those
1: that want a description i don't have any um yeah i shave my own hair i don't go to a barber's is that quirky i don't know most of the things i do i think are quirky it was quite a hard one really i roller skate that's not so quirky though I mean, who no, doesn't? they're
0: both really cool facts. I love that roller skating and shaving your head. they would be an not extra. not at the life.
1: same time. Obviously.
0: Yes, obviously. OK, we've shaken your tree. Uh, we're still in the clearing and I've chased you into the foyer with my tree. So now we're parking the tree and we're moving away from the tree. And next we're talking about alchemy and gold. When you're and that's shiny, when you're at purpose and in flow, Gisette, what are you absolutely happiest doing in what you're here to reveal to the world? I am
1: most happiest when I am in flow, meeting people and encouraging them to be their best. That's when I'm really happiest. Um, When uh, at this point students or artists that I'm mentoring or coaching, and they ask me questions and I'm unprepared and I respond in the moment with my knowledge, that gives me the deepest joy. Um, In flow, um, I also write poetry as well. Um, I notice that when I'm in flow, the good stuff starts to come. But that no, that's that's when I'm most happiest. A bit like this, really, sitting and responding and being present in the moment. That stillness, in some way.
0: And of itself, that is the most delicious acting technique. Just being truly present in the moment and respond to what's happening now, is yeah. almost the standard. Well, we won't. I won't start boring myself about <laughs> acting. But yes, I love that. And and that notion of your presence is more than just being there. It's something that's a choice.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think it's um, I think that's when all of the intersection of who you are as an artist is to respond to another one, whether that's on the stage moment by moment, whether that's actually in the rehearsal, trying to find what that is. Um, I've certainly found it in. because I'm often in quite complicated constellations. I'm thinking particularly of rehearsals that I've been in as a director. Uh, Some of the most profound experiences are with the sign language community. When I was in Sweden, uh, completely different, but working with um, the indigenous cultures in Sweden, Stockholm, Sami, um, for example, or in Canada, uh, really dynamic constellations of communities. Um, And there you are absolutely, tested in terms of your presentness your consciousness to help navigate to use that word again so that everybody where possible is able to um, communicate get their ideas across and this for me is one of the greatest and most profound joys is to watch when you've actually left that space and it still continues after you've left that is that is it it really is. And you go, I left 20 minutes ago and you're still going. You found each other. You don't need me anymore. And actually, you always knew it. You always knew it. You just needed someone like me to walk with you for a little bit. Now, there,
0: that's the best, the best present moment of flow. Oh, navigating complicated constellations beautiful. I'm sort of wanting to almost, well, lick the screen with joy. This is great. Okay. I, missed up but the You'll but miss I it won't do that. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to award you with a cake. Uh, do you like cake, Gisette?
1: I do. I've just had my Battenberg. It's one of my favourite cakes.
0: Ooh, I love that. I was going to, sorry, I went to go, ooh, but it came out on a lower tone then. But uh, yes, so Battenberg, uh, there's a bit of almond in, in Battenberg. We like that. Well, yes. So uh, that's that sort of Um, Harley Quinn type cake as well, isn't it? Yeah, Um,
1: it's this one that's sitting at my table right now, half finished. Yes.
0: Yes. Nom, 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 nom. So this is now a a final storytelling metaphor where you're going to put a cherry on your Battenberg, (laughs) a cherry on your cake. (laughs) Ew. Which is um, stuff like what's the favourite inspirational quote? And you mentioned Maya Angelou earlier on. It could or could not be her. A favourite inspirational quote. Uh, What's the best piece of advice you have ever been given? And, and, and what notes, help or advice might you proffer to a younger version of Josette Bush or Mingo, channelling it as you're now doing beautifully through your own children, through your boys. And then finally, we're cranking up to a bit of legacy by talking about Shakespeare and all the world's stage and all the men and women merely players. So it, it, it's complicated, but uh, let's get going with a favourite inspirational quote to you and your cake, please.
1: Um, I think my inspirational quote would be uh, Nina Simone uh, and actually, she's quoting someone else, but one. Of the, she says it in her particular way, which is, freedom is having no fear. That's my favourite quote.
0: And I like occasional pockets of silence to let that hang there. Yeah. Next. What's my next one? What, what's the next one? Which could be, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: Oh. Um delegate <laughs> that's the best piece of advice delegate you said. don't do it all yourself i haven't listened to it yet
0: but if, if i may who said that to you can you remember <laughs> several people over these, <laughs> last,
1: over these last years actually as the work gets bigger and bigger um yeah i mean yeah that would be one absolute that resonates it's said with much love as well
0: of course and just today by the way I've been working with a client who's formed their group have formed a whatsapp group which is by spooky coincidence delegate or die they know that they must and should do that
1: absolutely and also I question why what yeah um I I have an expansive and courageous way of thinking and I am able to pull back and kill my darlings etc but I think it's a very interesting observation and it's a gift when people offer it to you um it's also about trust and I now feel that I'm not that I don't trust, but now I know what I'm delegating. That's the big thing. Didn't quite know what that was. So, yeah, de- de- delegate. That was that was the most recent one I got, and I, I loved it. Yeah.
0: And I love the fact that in, in life, if someone said something to you more than three times, it's probably true. So I love there the fact you that you said with great love. But, but Yeah, you, it was. You've got, so you're going to delegate more in future. I get that.
1: i going to delegate more, yeah.
0: Lovely, I won't hold you to account, but I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to account. I'll ask you next time I see you. Um, and now, uh, what's, what advice might you proffer to a younger version of yourself with the wonderful gift of hindsight?
1: It's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. The things that you think aren't possible, the things that you think you will never be able to do, it's going to be okay. Um, it's, yeah, that's what I would say.
0: And now, inspired by Shakespeare and all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. How, when all is said and done, Gisette Bushelmingo, would you like to be remembered? We'll
1: have to wait for the wind to clear first. My
0: wind is now cleared. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: you. Um, how would I like to be remembered? She tried.
0: Where can we find out more about Gisette Bushelmingo and the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama on the Hinterweb, please?
1: Yes, you can find out more about the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, affectionately known as Central, on our homepage. You can also find us on Facebook and the Digital meta And I'm I'm not on anything. I'm not on any any of the social medias, but you can find us certainly on Twitter, on um Central homepage, um and probably in about a third of the arts industry, um, I'm very proud that Central alumni are across, uh, whether it's production, acting, writing, teaching, drama. I mean, it goes on and on. You'll find us across the United Kingdom. They're, um, even
0: do- they're even doing podcasts. Did you know?
1: And they're e- they're even doing podcasts. They're they're <laughs> breaking grounds, winning awards, changing the world. You'll find a Central person somewhere near you, um, and sometimes. Not only do we produce talented people like yourself, Chris, on top of that, they tend to be good people, too, going out and wanting to make a difference. So you'll find us everywhere. But the homepage is a great place to start.
0: And finally, as this has been your moment in the sunshine, Jujet, Bushelmingo, is there anything else you'd like to say?
1: Um, no. This has been such fun, a real delight. Uh, So proud to have the sign language and I hope that it inspires you, Chris, for more inclusion, more diversity. Um, No, everybody, it's going to be okay. And if it isn't, we can deal with it. That's what I'd like to say. Happy holidays to everyone, depending on when this comes out or happy new year.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, my sincere thanks to Sherry Eugene Hart, who's been just phenomenal in the background, effortlessly weaving her magic and also thank you i i as it sit, as I sit on my zoom scape, I'm sandwiched between two very talented people who've made this a really easy effortless conversation so really importantly my sincere thanks to you for also taking a punt on this as well because when Mm. i came up the steps after all those years uh, you were immediately receptive and i was i was incredibly touched and it's been an absolute delight so ladies and gentlemen i've been chris grimes but most importantly this has been Josette bushelmingo principal of the royal central school of speech and drama and would you like to say anything else thank you goodbye everyone You've been listening to the Good Listening To Show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's my son. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme. That's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's... At That Chris Grimes. So until next time, for me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio and from Stan... To your good health. Goodbye.